0: You're listening to the Between You and Me podcast from KAXE. I'm Heidi Holton with Chelsea Perkins. Hello, Heidi. Here we are again. That's right. We are bringing you a conversation and a segment that we produced Uh, last year that reporter and producer Leah Lamb did for us she did a series called Northern Voices and twice during her two-year series or three-year series maybe with us she featured someone named Shirley Nordrum I had never heard of Shirley until
1: we were preparing for this conversation and wow
0: what an amazing lady uh, Shirley um, unexpectedly passed away at the beginning of May. She was in the midst of, she's a Bush Fellow. She was awarded a Bush Fellowship in 2022. That, um, so Leah Lem came into the studio to talk with me and to kind of tell me what Shirley had meant to her. She was from the Red Lake Nation, but worked and lived in Leech Lake, and was really about sustainability and a connection, a an Anishinaabe connection to plants in the land into trees and she talked about one of the big things uh, Leah talked about is that Shirley would talk to her about that she could see the shine from Leah. She could see like the good or what she was trying to do. She could she said people have this thing. It's not actually physically there, but she could see it in her. It was just a wonderful conversation and it's been a it's a huge loss. I know there's some movement right now to um, get some grants out there in her name on the Leech Lake Reservation to continue her local foods, all the stuff that she was doing to get people to kind of eat better and to be more connected to the land and to be more connected to their Anishinaabe heritage. I
1: empathize with with Leah on you know in this situation because I also have had story subjects that I knew in life and and then they've they've since passed. I mean, I've been doing this long enough that there's been multiple people who I interviewed when they were alive and and then they passed away writing a feature obit or doing a story in a feature obituary. It's it's a monumental task. I mean, especially if you didn't know the person before and now you're trying to honor their life if it's like the final story really you know I it's a lot of pressure because you really want to make sure that the the people that knew them feel like they're reflected in that story and I'm sure
0: Leah felt that way she had just interviewed her in February she was part of the we are water event that was at happy dancing turtle in Pine River and so Leah had gotten to interview her again but then in their personal conversation Leah her their longtime pet their dog was in the final stages of life, and Shirley was so committed to animals and really helped Leah through that. She just talked about like how much that meant to her that she, that was one of the last things she got to talk about with Shirley, and I gave you a couple of some information there. One of those obituaries, I think, did I give you one or two, but her sister wrote, Yeah, I I saw that.
1: Yeah. It's so nice when you read an obituary where you can really tell that someone who loved that person did it, you know, because it's so much more personal that way. And you really get to see, get a sense of who that person was.
0: Yeah, it sounds like Shirley's legacy will live on that she meant so much to her community. She did so much work and really connected people to bigger things like that shine that Leah talked about. And we're going to listen to a conversation I had with Leah Lam about Shirley Nordrum, as well as the segment that Leah put together from last summer. Leah Lem is an independent journalist and producer who created the series Northern Voices for KEXE through the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund and the Citizens of Minnesota. I asked Leah to come in recently. I'm Heidi Holton to talk about the memory of Shirley Nordrum. Shirley passed away unexpectedly
2: earlier in May. Benezique, Thunderbird Woman, was her Ojibwe name, and she would always start off our interviews by introducing herself in ojibweomon and speaking in ojibweomon because she would say that and i agree with her that it means that you're talking about something important next like what you're what's to follow is important and your ancestors are listening And so to me even in Shirley's introduction that kind of sums up her priorities uh, she's an educator She's a dog lover, a wonderful community member who looked at all of us, at the environment, animals, as relatives, and was just a great voice. She never said no to me when I asked her (laughs) for an interview. Uh, Just a really wonderful person who was quick to share her wisdom you um
0: wrote you said that she saw the shine Mm. in you what Mm -hmm. what did that what does that mean
2: well let me go back to one of the interviews i did with her i actually wrote this down and she said to me i believe that there's an energy and this is about the shine you ask about i think we're nothing more we're not a physical being we're a spiritual being in a physical shell having an experience And so when our energy of our spirit is vibrating at its height of wellness, I believe it creates a glow. Maybe not in the way that you necessarily think about a glow, but I do believe it's a visible brightening. And so what I really appreciated about Shirley was her ability to look at us as people, as spirits, and recognize that glow, that shine, in us, and not just people, but in, like I said, the environment, in animals, um, and even people we disagree with. <laughs> I want to say <laughs> that, you know, Shirley would so often reinforce this idea of being a good relative, looking at one another with love, and that emotion gets perpetuated. So. You know if I you know say hi Heidi how are you doing and then that kind of brightens your day just a little bit and then you go to the next person and you're you know hi so and so how are you doing and it just has this ripple effect of positivity same with you know um, interacting with your environment treating you know we often talked about the value of trees you know and seeing beyond how much you know money you can squeeze out of it in value for a human being um, but instead looking at that tree as a relative as a community member that contributes more than just what we can personally get from it so it's this really just looking at one another with love and mm-hmm. perpetuate per- perpetuating that emotion throughout our community and yeah, I think Shirley really was a great example of that and really did that.
0: It's a, it's very comforting, you know, in the kind of the aftermath of that unexpected loss of her probably doesn't immediately make people feel better, but that because she was able to talk about that and spirits, I'm sure that she is here
2: then in the trees mm-hmm. and in the mm-hmm. things that she talked to you about.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and just being able to revisit her voice on the many different interviews that I've done and and the other ones she's done is really a gift to be able to go back and listen and hear her wisdom again and again and perpetuate that um, idea of of treating one another with love I think it will last you know it lasts beyond her time here.
0: We're talking with Leah Lem today. She's in our studios. We're remembering Shirley Nordrum. We had a little technical issue. So I am wondering if you would once again introduce yourself in Ojibwe oh. moment so that we kind of give importance
2: before we listen to one of the pieces that you've done on Shirley. Oh, sure, yeah. I had just introduced myself, Leah Lem Indijnaqaz, Wendigukwe Indigoo, and Eganing Ndunjaba Bishu Nindudam, and I did that. To uh, give a nod to Shirley and how she would introduce herself in Ojibwe Muin and speak in Ojibwe Muin when she could during interviews to point out the importance of what she was going to say.
0: Hmm. When was um, you you were able to interview her in February? Yep. And you were even able to kind of talk through. You talked about dogs and how oh, important yeah. animals were to her. <sighs>
2: Yeah, I was talking with Shirley Nordrum um, in early February in Pine River for We Are Water, Minnesota. And my dog at the time, Coda, was um, very clearly, you know, in her last days, in her last weeks. And so I know, I knew Shirley was such a big dog lover and she was very much an advocate for pets and animals. And so we had a nice talk about our dog, uh, Coda, and she was just very comforting. Mm-hmm. And I really like how as interviewers, as radio people, we build relationships with our guests, with our interviews, and can can open up mm-hmm. in a reciprocal way so so many times our guests open up so much to us that it's nice that we can open up in return
0: yeah there's something about audio the voice radio that is so personal mm-hmm. in a way that other media isn't you know there's just it's, it's hard to explain that that people you just feel this connection um in a different way. So coming up, we're going to hear from Northern Voices. This was a piece that you did just last summer. Mm-hmm. Time goes by fast. Sure does. <laughs> last June um, from Northern Voices from Leah Lamb. Thanks for coming in and for your time today. Thank you, Heidi. This is the Wednesday Morning Show.
2: Bonjour and hello. Welcome to Northern Voices, celebrating ties to Minnesota's Northland, where I talk with folks from around Northern Minnesota about tradition, sustainability, and indigenous and ancestral ways of life. I'm Leah Lem, your host and fellow Northland's explorer. Today I'm speaking with Shirley Nordrum. You might remember that I spoke with Shirley for Northern Voices a couple years ago, pre-pandemic. It feels like forever. Though lots has changed since, Shirley is still communicating Native values related to the environment. She's from the Red Lake Nation and lives on the Leech Lake Reservation. Shirley has spent her life committed to her community, working on ways to strengthen food systems for Ojibwe people in northern Minnesota, particularly with the Leech Lake Band. Shirley is a wealth of knowledge, and has been recently recognized for her commitment to bold thinking and ideas in the region. She has been awarded a Bush Fellowship from the Bush Foundation. Over the next two years, Shirley will build her capacity as a leader. What really caught my eye is the area of leadership she wants to build on. Shirley will expand culturally relevant science courses for schools that's still in the works, though the foundation of the work extends from Shirley's culture, ancestors, and wisdom. Let's hear from Shirley as she expands on the need for culturally relevant science education and a bit of her own history in academia, and what she looks forward to one day when the curriculum is rolled out.
3: Um, in my Ojibwe in my language, um, my, my name is Bunei um, Seque, which is a Thunderbird woman. And my colonial name is Shirley Nordrum. I'm of the Martin Clan. Um, I'm a Red Lake Band member, but I live down here on the Leech Lake Reservation. I was the um, environmental director for the Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe. I, I started that, that environmental department and uh, I served for um, almost 19 years as a director.
2: While serving the tribe as the environmental director, Shirley noticed the divergent views between traditional ecological ancestral knowledge and Western processes. While in that role, Shirley realized how starkly this played out while cleaning up a Superfund site or a contaminated site, different values in applying science came to the surface while assessing the damage done due to contamination.
3: Like, say, for example... When the EPA sets up a human health assessment and you gauge that, that's that's based on a typical, probably European person living in a city, not a native person that is going out and collecting reeds and you know holding them in their mouth and to to weave and you know to make something. And so there's these different levels of exposure. So when you're assessing the risk or the damage to say, a Martin, who is my clan, he is my brother. Um, that risk should be looked at different than a European thinking of, oh, it's a Martin, it's a, he's a, a and It's just a different way of thinking. What does ecological knowledge mean? And how can you blend it with Western science? And how can these two worldviews working together possibly create a, uh, a better world for us?
2: Bringing together cultures when it comes to science would require widening world views. While in academia, Shirley's grades suffered due to that difference in perspective of our environment. Shirley recalls what happened while taking an ecology class and its approach to animals and their emotions.
3: Um, So I remember in ecology, um, a professor specifically saying, you know, that deer don't love their babies, you know. It's just a baby, and they have a baby, and they raise it, and it it goes away, and they don't have any feelings, emotional feelings for that little animal. And um, I absolutely know that to be false. I've seen that be false. It was that type of trying to talk about these things in that way that, you know, that's where I would get dinged. That's just not part of the way that science is... um, is laid out and not the western science anyway.
2: For a while Shirley was being trained in western science. So she has experienced this friction a bit. Shirley had an experience during grad school, during her final research project 30 years ago. She was looking at the jewelweed plant and its healing qualities with skin affected by poison ivy.
3: The jewelweed plant gifted us medicine. To help us with poison ivy, I'm not really sure how I came to decide on this project uh, for my work, but we were we were trying to isolate the protein that was um, interacting with the uh, with the oils uh, under the skin and the uh, instead that were um, causing the the reaction to the oils, and trying to isolate that protein from the plant and see if we could make a product that would mimic what this plant was gifting us. And so I was doing this work, trying to isolate this protein, and I went to go visit a really, really good friend of mine by the name of Josephine Ryan. She's from Ryan's Village, and she really shared a lot of knowledge with me. So she she was kind of like a grandma to me. We got together. She was making some fish soup. And she was like, well, what are you doing at the school there? And I told her what I was doing, and she got really quiet. And I knew that she was upset with me, and I I wasn't thinking about what I was doing in school as being anything that could be wrong. So I thought I had done something in the kitchen that wasn't right. It just bugged me. So like three days later, I went back, and I'm like, Josie, I know I did something that you didn't like, and I don't know what it was. Can we fix this? And so she told me (laughs) kind of harshly that what I was doing with uh, the genetics in the laboratory was wrong. That I was working in space that was creators and creators only. And that I had no business doing that.
2: During grad school, Shirley was working the night shift as well, stocking shelves. She was also unhoused and was so close to getting her degree done Shirley mulled over her friend's words and she made her decision.
3: I got a a message loud and clear that I could not proceed. And so I went to go talk to my advisor and she's like, Well, I'm just gonna, you know, put all your product and you know, we're gonna freeze dry it and we're gonna store it, and you know, I think you'll come back to it and you'll do it. And I never did. I walked away. But you know, if had they have been open to understanding a different culture in a different way. I know there was a workaround. I mean, I may have had to start all over with a dissertation. I may have, you know, and and that, but that was still doable. As it is, I walked away and don't have a master's, can't even go back and pick up where you left off because, you know, after so many years, your work's no good anymore, right? So, you know, there's this, there's these cultural differences,
2: This really illustrates the need for culturally relevant education. And though it's hard to hear, remember, Shirley has done great work in Indian country and she's earned a fantastic fellowship to make changes and lead a shift in science thinking, which will both support a wider class of science learners and strengthen the field as well. As a part of the fellowship, Shirley will pursue a master's degree in environmental stewardship. She'll seek new ways to improve her skills and network with Native knowledge keepers, all with a goal of expanding culturally relevant science courses in both
3: college and tribal schools. My vision is something that would be applicable across the Great Lakes because we're Great Lakes people. Certainly other people, other tribal folks are thinking about the same things and, you know, sitting at their desk like I am just waiting for the opportunity to create something for, you know, their tribe or their region. And, you know, that would be like the optimal thing to happen would be for us to be able to regionally create these. And how great would it be, you know, like if a, a Pima native teacher grabbed uh, an Ojibwe lesson off some shared resource and shared it with their class and the Ojibwe instructor you know, had the Pima curriculum, and maybe even through you know Zoom now, the two classrooms could come together and say, "Hey, here's what we're doing in the Southwest, and hey, here's how we do it up in the Great Lakes," and and have opportunity to um, to share those those gifts and those teachings more broadly.
2: Mikwech Shirley Nordrum, I look forward to seeing your work roll out in the future.